0: Hello and welcome to The Transfer Window. We always say where the podcast it brings you the news before it becomes news. And today, well, we have to say there is concrete evidence of that. It was last September when we first reported the dressing room at Tottenham Hotspur was very much fractured because of Mauricio Pochettino's attitude, his demeanour and his moods with regards to uh, the way that the team came back together after losing that Champions League final to Liverpool in May last year. And of course, what happened in the last 24 hours? Well, Pochettino was sacked. No big surprise to listeners of the podcast but it has to be said No big surprise either to listen to the podcast that Jose Mourinho has the one that has since been appointed. Duncan Castles is with me. I'm Ian McGarry. Duncan reported Mourinho's appointment as Tottenham manager uh, late last night. And that, of course, is Tuesday night because this is Wednesday's podcast. Confirmed it around midnight. And if you go on the Twitter feed of both Duncan and compare it to Tottenham Hotspur's official Twitter account, you will see Duncan was a whole six and a half hours ahead of the club itself. News before it becomes news, there you have it. Okay, enough of trumpets, because, <laughs> because we, 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 it's something we don't do, but at the same time, when it happens, it's nice to, for you guys to know that we are providing exactly what we say. News today uh, is that Jose Mourinho is currently at the Spurs training ground. That is Wednesday morning. He has called a team meeting in which he will speak to the squad en masse. But we understand he will also speak to key players, uh, members of the leadership uh, panel at Spurs, of course, headed by Captain Harry Kane. And during that meeting, it is his intention to lay out what he intends to do, both in the very short term and the medium term, to improve Spurs' results, obviously, but also to try and unite what we have already reported for several weeks, is a divided dressing room. As for the players who are out of contract, uh, we understand also that during conversations with Spurs chairman uh, Daniel Levy that Mourinho uh, said that he would do his best uh, to uh, bring those players back on site who have said they want to either leave or that their intention is to leave. However, um, and... I think the phrase uh, used was, I'm a football manager, not a magician. Uh, i look in their eyes and if I think they want to go regardless, then that's something I can't do anything about. And I would suggest that we take action, which is appropriate in that case. Those players, of course, uh, are uh, Toby Alderweireld, Christian Eriksson and Danny Rose. Uh, Jan Vertonghen also, I think, has one year after this, so may well be included in that list. Those are important players for Tottenham and have been in the last five and a half years uh, under Pochettino. But uh, obviously Mourinho looks to um, both revive, invigorate and um, get better results, clearly, in a very, very short space of time for the White Hart Lane club. Now, Duncan, as I said at the top of the pod, uh, reported all of this in terms of Mourinho's appointment ahead of everyone else. Duncan... Um, can you just give us an idea of um, what you believe Mourinho's modus operandi will be uh, going into Spurs? You've been talking about him targeting Spurs in the last month uh, with regards to perhaps ahead of uh, what was an option in Real Madrid. Now clearly that's come to pass. Um, why is Jose chosen Spurs and what will he now do to make that successful?
1: I think the reason he's he's chosen Tottenham is because uh, he perceives it as a great opportunity. I think it's uh, without question um, the best squad and the best opportunity it was possible for him to secure in the Premier League. Um, From a personal level, it allows him to stay in London, where his uh, family home and his family are based. Uh, And a a place that he's always enjoyed living. So that's an attraction. But Tottenham is a a squad that he rates very highly and has rated very highly for a long time. Um, I think if you were to ask him privately, he would say that um, he thinks Maurizio Pochettino should have won the Premier League with the squad he had um, in the season that Leicester City eventually won the title. And he bases that on it being uh, probably the best squad um, in the Premier League that year. Um, and the squad, I would say, has improved since then. There are significant problems and there, there are significant troubles at Tottenham. But Mourinho knew when he took a job, he would be coming in somewhere to fix things. That was inevitable. Um, he, but there is great scope for improvement. If you look at what Tottenham have been doing for the last year, um, that run to the Champions League final is in very very many ways deceptive. Um, and it's pretty obvious that they were fortunate to get there in the sense that um, They were only ahead of Ajax in their Champions League semi-final for seconds of the game. Um, A semi-final that they've basically been outplayed in in both legs. They could have gone out of the Champions League on multiple occasions through that run. Um, Their form in 2019 is the worst of all Premier League clubs uh, who have been in the Premier League through both the end of last season and the beginning of this season, which is remarkable. Um, they've, they've suffered 18 defeats in 2019. They don't have a single away win since January. They have 25 points from the last 24 Premier League games. They're 11 points off fourth place and they're 12 points behind um, Chelsea and Leicester City, who are their realistic contenders for that coveted Champions League place that Daniel Levy is targeting. And that is why Pochettino went. Um, it's no coincidence that Levy, in his initial statement upon relieving Pochettino of his duties, and we should emphasise here that the phrase Tottenham used was relieve of, of his duties, not dismiss, um, was that we have a talented squad and we need to re-energise and look to deliver a positive season for our supporters. He had done the calculation, um, based on what was going on behind the scenes on the attitude of Pochettino that you've detailed for us here and talked about, broke the story back in September of the issues in, in Pochettino's behavior, that it had gone beyond the point of no return and they were not going to qualify for the Champions League with Pochettino in charge. And therefore he had to make the decision to dismiss, um, or relieve Pochettino of his duties. Uh, which will come with a significant compensation package at some point, which is deeply controversial with the Tottenham supporters, has not been well received by a lot of people in the media and in punditry, um, and go for an expensive hire in Jose Mourinho. Now, Mourinho's desire to take the job is such that he is being paid less than he was paid at Manchester United. He's taken a cut um, to the salary level he was on at Manchester United to take this opportunity. Um, also, the assistants that he will be bringing with him who were with him at Manchester United will be taking cuts to their salary at Tottenham. Those contracts were signed yesterday. Um, it's a measure of Mourinho's preparation for this job and the other jobs he had been looking to get, which includes, interestingly, Arsenal. Um, that he has kept those assistants with him and working alongside them since he was dismissed by Manchester United 11 months ago. And they have been working to prepare programmes for when he took over at um, at his next job. And yesterday they received a call from Mourinho uh, to get themselves to London urgently to prepare themselves to train Tottenham Hotspur today, Wednesday. Um, so... Look at it from Mourinho's perspective and look at that direct comparison with Arsenal, who we told you on the podcast um, had met with uh, Mourinho and discussed the possibility of him replacing Unai Emery should they decide to make a final decision on dismissing Emery uh, recently. Um, Which is a better option from Mourinho's perspective? Absolutely Tottenham. Tottenham have a better stadium, Tottenham have a better training ground, Tottenham have a better squad, um, Tottenham have much, far better finances. If you look at the, the, the last financial figures Tottenham released, they made a record profit for a Premier League club, um, record revenues of 380 million, and their wages, the wage bill for that season was just 148 million, which is less than 40% um, of uh, turnover which is an incredibly low rate for a top-tier club. So there is scope there um, to turn around the season, to turn around a, a squad that felt disenfranchised and, and uh, I think, bemused by Pochettino's behaviour this season. And I think also there is scope to do what Mourinho has said he wants to do, which is prove himself, prove his qualities as a manager to the critics, win titles again. Um, remember, for all uh, Pochettino's sterling work at, at Tottenham and in his five years uh, at the club, he qualified them for the Champions League every time, which was the requirement asked of him by Daniel Levy. He won no trophies. So Mourinho has the possibility here to um, reinstate them to the form uh, they, they achieved in previous seasons, to have a go at qualifying them for the Champions League this year, although that will be difficult, and to win silverware, to, to take them over that edge, that important psychological barrier that separates a very talented team from one that actually win things. And if you're talking about a manager who, whose skill set is focused on winning trophies, you've just got to look at Mourinho's track record in cup finals. Um and the 20 major trophies he's already won in his career, so he will back himself to improve matters at Tottenham, uh, and and then have, you know, a realistic chance uh, to consistently be in the Champions League and take advantage of any um, slip up there might be at Liverpool, and Manchester City, where I don't think anyone expects Pep Guardiola to be indefinitely and where there will be a major overhaul uh, of the club when Guardiola leaves. People will
0: say, Duncan, that this is a major gamble by Daniel Levy, not on the basis of Mourinho's track record, because as you've pointed out, he's won trophies at every single club he's managed. I think 25 major trophies uh, in total. However, um, Pochettino was, uh, it's fair to say, um, very much loved by Tottenham fans, and there already have been negative reactions to Mourinho's appointment all over social media, with regarding uh, Spurs fans uh, saying that it's the wrong decision, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. More intriguingly, I believe, in terms of what uh, faces both men, and by that I mean Mourinho and Levy, uh, right from the outset, is that they don't seem entirely compatible with the way that they work. Um, Levy as we know uh, and as we've worked with him over the years is very much someone who likes to have transfer activity under his control uh, believes that he should be the one to make final decisions Um, will happily take advice uh, from the head coach with regards to what he needs in his squad but ultimately will look at the balance sheet and look at the projected value of any player after he signs for Tottenham regarding um, what is paid for him in a transfer fee and salary over the course of that contract. To that end, in the five and a half bit years, Pochettino was in charge at Tottenham. The net spend was just over the £100 I think £117 million pounds net. Uh, as compared to Mourinho's net spend at Manchester United in two and a half years which was over £300 million. So we're looking at almost three times the amount. Now, you can't compare light for light because it's fair to say also that United were in a much worse state in terms of the quality of their squad when Mourinho joined, as well as the general chaos that reigns at Manchester United and still does with regards to who's actually in charge of what, who does what and who makes the final decision. So Mourinho did what he could to try and repair some of the damage that had been done Uh, over four different managerial uh, sackings and uh, reigns in order to win trophies and, of course, won the Europa League, won the League Cup as well. But going forward, Josie did make a few times statements, Duncan, that on leaving Manchester United, he wanted his next job to have, and I sort of paraphrase, a proper structure, a structure where there was a sporting director or director of football whom he could communicate with, who would then be a buffer towards the executive of the club, so that he wouldn't encounter the same problems he did at Manchester United. Now, on the face of it, he's gone from the frying pan into the fire because there's no sports director at Tottenham, and certainly no structure other than where well, he has the final say. How is that going to
1: work? I think, it, look, the, the the test here is going to be results ultimately. Um, the, the biggest problem I perceive Mourinho having is he, he's entering a hostile environment in that, as you pointed out, there's been a lot of negative reaction already to his appointment from very prominent people in, in football media who have written Mourinho off as a manager, um, for some time now and will be, um, I think looking for their, um, previous statements to be justified in how he behaves at Tottenham and some of those individuals have been big supporters of Pochettino um, and talked of him as being the or one of the very top coaches in European football so um, if Mourinho comes in and outperforms Pochettino some questions will be asked about those analyses and it is definitely going to be harder for Mourinho to work at Tottenham in the perspective of the environment he works in, the media environment he works in than any job he's had before um, and it wasn't easy for him at Manchester United and it wasn't easy for him at Chelsea second time around you're going to hear the stories of the the dressing room falling apart, the three year cycles, etc, etc, etc what I think is interesting is you you have that a demonstration in what's happened at Tottenham about how de- how easy it is for a dressing room to become dysfunctional in modern football. So you have the manager Pochettino who has been hailed as being um, a new breed, very good at, at motivating and handling his players as well as good from a tactical perspective, etc. Yet that manager has um, pretty much gone through the same sort of, process that happened to Mourinho at Chelsea um, in his second campaign when he was dismissed there and, and is sort of held up as the archetype of a, of a dressing room falling apart. So I think it, it, this emphasises the fragility and the difficulty of, of coaching in a modern environment. In terms of what Levy's done, you have to remember that Daniel Levy tried to hire Jose Mourinho way back in 2007 when he was first sacked by Chelsea. Um, and was only prevented from doing so by the terms of Mourinho's then record compensation package he was paid by Chelsea, which um, meant that he would not receive the, I think it was £10.5 million, was the payoff at that time if he moved to another English club. And Levy wasn't able to afford to compensate him for that loss of um, earning from Chelsea and hire him as a new coach. So ultimately didn't pursue that line. Um, You also have to look at it from the perspective of he is now in a position to hire one of the most storied um, names in European football with an incredible track record of success um, with a a massive commercial profile at the cheapest price he's been available um, for years. And he's doing that at a time when Tottenham are on the market as a football club um, are available to be um, bought by buyers if the the huge asking price of Joe Lewis is met when they're looking for um, naming rights on their stadium. Um, So if you have someone like Mourinho in charge and it works, that is a positive on the football side and it's a positive on the business side. Um, In terms of what Mourinho will do with the squad, The information I have received is that he wants to start working with them and uh, and train with them and see how they behave and perform and respond to his instruction in this first month uh, before we go into the January window, before making final decisions on um, additions and whether some of those disgruntled players that you mentioned should be allowed to leave or whether an attempt is made to retain them and reintegrate them into the squad. There are weaknesses in, in the squad. There obviously uh, have issues at fullback, which I would uh, imagine Mourinho would want to resolve. I think there's, um, there's clearly a weakness in defensive midfield. Pochettino's uh, experiment of using Harry Winks as that um, number six, I think, has failed. This season, um, and I think there will be a lot of pressure on Winks to demonstrate that he's worthy of that role in the Mourinho team. And one thing that was said to me last night, when discussing with with a close friend of Mourinho, um, how good an opportunity it was for him and and why he'd taken the job, was that um, that Mourinho had to be clever. Um, the, the emphasis was that yes, it's a good opportunity, but he's coming into an unhappy dressing room where a lot of players want to leave and where a lot of players see um big financial incentives for moving elsewhere uh when their contracts three of those contracts terminating at the end of of the season and where you have someone like danny rose insisting that he will not um be allow himself to be sold and he's going to uh play out the rest of his contract and then move on a free to get maximum salary in it, in it, his next situation so there, there's a consciousness there that a lot of clever work has to be done in the handling of the players to get um, the maximum out of the squad. But make no mistake, this is a very desirable position from Mourinho's perspective. Um, he had, as we've told you on the Transfer Window podcast, essentially an invite to become Madrid manager once um, Florentino Perez had gone through with the sacking of Zinedine Zidane. He had informally agreed to do that. So he's basically said, I prefer this job at Tottenham over the opportunity to, to return to Real Madrid. And I think that tells you a lot about his perception of, of, of this job and this opportunity.
0: So my experience, Duncan, I've said this a few times before, is that Mourinho has got this kind of magical ability to um, charm football players, to make them believe in him, to make them believe that follow me and you will achieve success. And he's done that throughout his career. He did it at Chelsea the first time, he did it at uh, Inter Milan, he did it at Real Madrid, He did it at Chelsea, a second time achieving another league title, his third there. At Manchester United, it was less uh, obvious. But I see in Spurs a squad who have not won trophies compared to their manager, who's won 25, who I think perhaps this is the right time for Mourinho to exercise again that incredible charisma that he Uh, has in order to persuade that group of players that, look, you've gotten close. You've gotten close to the Premier League. You've gotten close to the Champions League. But you didn't go over the line. I know how to do that. And I can help you do that. So my kind of take on it is that perhaps this is less of a gamble than some people think. I also think that the criticism, which has already been levelled at him, with regards to being a divisive character, et cetera, et cetera, by some people. um, And the idea that, um, you know, it seems to me that people now hope Mourinho fails. Some people hope Mourinho fails. Um, And that's partly in response to the fact that Pochettino um, was kind of almost deigned as, you know, the heir apparent to Pep Guardiola, sort of Pep Light, if you like, um, with regards to being the saint of football, you know, the man who carries the holy grail of how football should be played, et cetera, et cetera, but without actually achieving trophies and medals. And of course, there were some Spurs fans who said, well, I'd rather watch Pochettino's side play the kind of football that we love at Spurs than uh, achieve uh, winning silverware, which I think is bizarre for any fan anyway, because surely uh, your ultimate goal is to celebrate trophies with your friends, your family, Etc. And your um, and your club and and be part of a successful uh, era. So I'm not convinced that um, people who are being very negative of Mourinho's appointment to replace Pochettino are looking at it in the right way. Um, and also, uh, you you mentioned Duncan before that there have been uh, some quite high-profile people criticising uh, the appointment on the basis that well, they hope Mourinho fails. Um, Not so high profile, but nonetheless, the voice must be heard is uh, Claudius Thomas. Um, And of course, generally Wednesdays, as you all know, is our Your Questions, Answers section. So we are going to include Claudius Thomas and Virtuoso ITK, um, which obviously is the uh, acronym for uh, In the Know. So Virtuoso In the Know, which suggests he's twice in the know as everyone else, has asked Duncan, why is Mourinho's stock as manager at an all-time low since being sacked? He says 12 months ago, it was actually 11. Um, so I think maybe we take take him one down on his virtuoso there. Uh, since being sacked 11 months ago, he's been overlooked by Juventus, PSG, Inter, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, and even Arsenal aren't desperate for him. Uh, Claudius Thomas is pretty much the same, so I'm not going to read that question out. Now, it's easy to gloat at these things, given he's now been appointed as first manager, but the point is, that I don't really believe that Football people ever did think that Josie was a busted flush, despite the publicity and as said the negative commentary that has surrounded him since he left Manchester United
1: I think so i look there's no question that he has a lot to prove in this job, and this job is more important to him than I think any um probably since his first appointment at Chelsea um, If this goes badly, then those kind of predictions that people are making that big clubs don't want him, um, I think will be more accurate. It will be harder for him to get uh, another significant job if this one goes wrong. And as, as I've said, it's a tough environment for him to work because he has more enemies um, and more critics in England. Why are people willing him to fail? I think you've got to ask the, the, the people um, who are critical of him that but you know he's, he's a divisive character um, and it's pretty obvious that fans of opposition teams don't like him and he becomes a, a hate figure and he, and he sets himself up that way and, and he's prepared to take flack for the team he's prepared to antagonise opponents who he believes are psychologically weak for example Pep Guardiola um, well That was a tactic he used in in, in Real Madrid to great effect uh, when winning the Spanish title and stopping Pep Guardiola's you know greatest ever Barcelona team and and seeing uh, Guardiola resign the day after um, Mourinho won that um, league of records with a with a hundred points and a, and a, and a record goal scoring level so he he brings this upon himself um, and there is definitely a question mark over how he manages in the modern era, in the social media era, in an era when players are more powerful than they've ever been, um, in an era when they're aware that they can get rid of managers if they're not happy with them. He had issues at Manchester United. He particularly had issues when his uh, long-term assistant, Rui Faria, resigned. And, uh, and, uh, you know, he lost someone who was important in his management style and was an an important, um, you're talking about a buffer to the chief executive. He was was kind of a a, a buffer and a, a, a sounding board for the players. So all of those things will be challenges to him, but all of those things he has had lots of time to reflect on. And the desire to get back into the game is obvious for anyone who listens to him on, on just, you know, one of his TV appearances. He's, he's always been talking about how he doesn't want to be doing punditry, how he wants to be back on the touchline. So the motivation he has to make this work is immense. And he's rested, you know, he's had that 11 month break. So energy is recovered there. You've got players like Harry Kane who he has been publicly um praised many times and basically said he would like to have brought him to Manchester United, but it's impossible to take players from Tottenham. He's praised Tottenham for the way they've retained their key players and and don't sell them on anymore. He's done that publicly. The opportunity he's got the opportunity to work with someone like Harry Kane and I would imagine he would be saying to Harry Kane, Look, um I think you're a great player. You're a player I've wanted to work with for years. And I can help you win things. That's the thing you need to add to your career. And I'm going to show you how to do that. Um, We know he's a better tactician than Maurizio Pochettino. Uh, We know he's better at winning than Maurizio Pochettino. You know, these are established parts of his managerial style. The question is whether the, the shortcomings and that you know difficult environment he will have to work in because of his critics um, will outbalance those and, and how much he is able to adapt to the modern game and change his way of, of managing players. Um, you know, he talks about squeezing players to get performances from them. I don't think he'll stop squeezing players to get performances from them. Pochettino. Was squeezing players in 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 many ways in his training regime, and his demands, and the, the kind of double sessions, and the amount of work, and asking to press on the field, that can work. It's 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 balancing the 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 squeezing with that kind of playful character, the the likable character that um, most of um, the top elite players who have worked with Mourinho. If you talk to them about what he's like as a manager, they'll say that's that's the other element of his character he's not just demanding he knows how to relate to you as an individual so can he get that to work again um, with this excellent squad um and then we see whether he succeeds there if he does i see no reason why why he won't succeed and i can understand absolutely why daniel levy's gone down this line
0: Duncan, the other side of this story, of course, is the um demise of Mauricio Pochettino. Um, from a job which many said uh was always going to be his as long as he wanted it, that uh, he was unsackable. Uh, clearly results and the uh consequences of uh the team's lack of performance and also the possibility of losing out on Champions League qualification has led to this very sudden divorce between himself and Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, A question from one of our listeners, Eugene Rabbi at Rabbi Eugene, has asked us, is Poch taking his sabbatical now? And will he then go to PSG next season following his brief meeting with the owners? As mentioned on uh, the podcast on the 4th of
1: October this year. Look, I think you have information, Ian, that Poch Dino is still on. Tottenham's payroll. Uh, That's correct, uh, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, we did report on uh, a week ago, last uh, Wednesday's uh, Transfer Window podcast, that uh, one of the options Levy was looking at, instead of sacking Pochettino and paying uh, something around the the, um, £19 million of compensation to him and his coaching staff, was instead to um, put him on gardening leave. And as Duncan rightly pointed out, in the Tottenham statement with regards to Pochettino's departure, that uh, it was not a dismissal, that he'd been relieved of his duties. Now, what that means is that uh, he would paid his monthly salary as normal and what will happen from now on uh, will depend on Pochettino's next job. So uh, Pochettino will be expected and his coaching staff to um, collect their salaries on a monthly basis, as normal, while not working for Tottenham Hotspur. However, when Pochettino and/or his coaching staff, any member, uh, accept a job somewhere else, th- at that point, a compensation package will be calculated against their expected future earnings in their new job, as opposed to their expected future earnings at Tottenham Hotspur, and a number will be agreed, uh, which will be a compromise with regards to a compensation payment. Now, practically what that means for the top of the tree here, that's Pochettino himself, is that, of course, he can afford to take a sabbatical, weigh up his options and decide what comes next for him. And clearly, he's very loyal to his coaching staff. So you assume, as in the way that Duncan's described, uh, Mourinho uh, retaining his own coaching staff with regard to the next job coming up that they will weigh up the options. Now, Pochettino has been described as a quite broken figure in the last four or five months since the Champions League final, someone who was unable to re-energise and recapture the enthusiasm, which he had always typified his, um, the environment of his squad uh, as well as his attitude towards training and games, etc., as head coach at Spurs. So it wouldn't surprise me, Duncan, if Pochettino did take a few months out of football and waited for the next job. Look, manager stock can go up and down the same way as shares go up and down in the stock market. Pochettino's has definitely taken a hit in the last 24 hours because he has effectively been removed from his post. But it doesn't mean to say people don't remember the good work he's done at Spurs. And I think his stock will rise as others falls. And by that, I mean, he was mentioned in very, very uh, uh, qualitative terms for uh, Manchester United job and for the Real Madrid job before both clubs kind of unexpectedly uh, replaced uh, managers with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and Zinedine Zidane in the spring of this year. Um, And I think he'd be quite kind of, content to wait and see how things play out at the San Diego Bernabeu as well as Old Trafford um, and knowing that he is available not for no fee because his guarding leave will mean there will be compensation due to be paid to Spurs but it will decrease with every month he's out of a job so again it makes him more um, attractive in terms financially to any club who wants to employ him I think PSG, to refer back to Eugene Rabbi's question, um, could also be uh, a a good fit for him, but I suspect he would prefer to go to one of those two top clubs in the world and rebuild his career there. However, I think a few months out is probably the first part of his um, idea of recharging his batteries getting himself back in a headspace where he feels that he can make a difference at a club. And I think that'd be very, very wise for him as well, given everything we've heard and we've reported with regards to um, the way that he he as a character has changed in the last few weeks.
1: Yeah, look, the the version of events that's come from people close to Pochettino is very much critical of Daniel Levy saying that Pochettino um, requested players uh, and an overhaul of the squad last season that he needed, he felt he needed fresh blood in the team, that he needed uh, fresh minds to work with and that he was being blocked on moving individuals out as much as he was being blocked on bringing individuals in and famously they went through an entire season without recruiting a single player. A lot of money um, you know, Tottenham spent more gross and net than any other club in the Premier League in the last summer. So there was significant investment after that, that, uh, um, you know, season in which Pochettino on multiple occasions publicly criticized the recruitment policy of the club and basically said things had to change. A lot was done in the summer, but, um, it seems Pochettino by that stage had decided that uh, things were beyond repair and didn't have the appetite to um, fix what started to go wrong between him and the players. Um, again, from people close to Pochettino, the word is that he will take a sabbatical, which makes perfect sense. He's get he's now got himself into a situation where he's being paid not to work, to recharge his batteries, to prepare himself for his next job, to assess the options open to him, decide which one is best. There is a definite and strong interest on his part in Manchester United. There is a definite and strong interest from Manchester United and Mirceau Pochettino, who they looked at as an alternative to Jose Mourinho back in 2016 and whom Ed Woodward, I am told, would like and does see as a successor to Uli Gunnar Solskjaer should he need to dismiss a coach who um, has put up historically bad figures for Manchester United, despite all the uh, public uh, words of support that have come from him for the club. But So you have Manchester United there, you have Real Madrid who tried to hire Pochettino in the past and who, um, as we've said, um, uh, Zidane is on Florentino Perez's hit list. Um, He feels he needs a different manager, so he now has the, the potential to get... Pochettino at a cheaper price. Yeah, Paris Saint Germain, the, the story that um, Eugene refers to was that uh, in the, the, the previous international break to the one we are just finishing, um, Pochettino was an invitee of uh, the Qatari royal family to a conference in Qatar, which gave him the opportunity to spend some time with um, the people who own and run Paris Saint Germain. Um, and obviously uh, increases the opportunity to to put himself in their thoughts should they decide that um, your friend Tam Tuchel has to go at the end of the season. But it has to be said that Tuchel is doing well in the Champions League so far. And if he continues that, then he will remain in situ if he can take them to the, the, the latter, very latter stages of the Champions League, as Qatar has been trying to get to, I think Tuchel will be okay for another season. You have Bayern Munich also um, without a uh, a new coach in place. So there are plenty of jobs there. And as Mourinho has just demonstrated, if you wait, if you have the that track record of achievement in the game, eventually a big club um, will be available at the right time that suits you and you get back into the game, regardless of what others uh, perceive your past performances to be, uh, because there's actually quite a limited pool of elite coaches in football.
0: To be fair, I don't think um, Paul has used very many of his nine lives who refer to that as an analogy with cats and football coaches just yet. Um if we go back to Pet Guardiola and his sabbatical Duncan, there was this kind of image, wasn't there, of him sitting in a very lovely and well-known brasserie in Manhattan, uh, effectively <laughs> enter- entertaining the uh, elite executives of clubs in Europe uh, on an almost weekly basis as they tried to persuade him to come to their club. Bayern Munich obviously, were the ones who succeeded in the end. So I suspect Pochettino will be in a similar position Uh, with regards to um, job offers in the next few months. Linking the whole thing together, which, of course, in a podcast, any uh, segue which is given free of charge, thank you, King, at Truneni for this one, um, is the question of Gareth Bale, um, a man whose uh, future we've discussed lots on the pod, obviously, but uh, whose decision to parade around... uh, Uh, having secured qualification for the European Championships with Wales on Tuesday night, holding that now infamous Wales flag, which read Wales, Golf, Madrid, in that order. uh, I'm told that uh, senior executives at uh, Real Madrid are horrified by his endorsement of this because the reaction of the uh, fans... In Real Madrid, the Madridista, uh, who feel insulted by Bale's deference towards them, it means that he is unlikely to be included in the squad for next weekend's La Liga match. Um, and also, of course, casts further doubt over his future. The biggest issue with Bale um, is, of course, the uh, salary that he can expect to receive from Real Madrid for the next two and a half years. Now, Duncan, it's been suggested to me by a a close uh, source to the Real Madrid hierarchy that they'd be willing to pay around 75% of the remainder of Bale's contract, which would come in at around 22 to 24 million euros um, in order to see him leave the club in January. Clearly, Spurs stroke Manchester United have been mentioned in dispatches with regards to potentially taking him. However, given his injury record and his general attitude towards his football over the last couple of years, can you really see him coming back to the EPL? Or do you think that he just sits in Madrid and, of course, as you've said many times, Uh, tries to get his handicap down a bit further and then just waits and sees what happens
1: well the information I have is that that his representatives are trying to get that payoff that you mentioned um, in the region of 75% to 80% of the two and a half years left on his contract paid to him as compensation for leaving the club from Madrid and um, it seems he's relatively close to achieving that um i'm told that he is um he's got a bit bored of not playing football um maybe his golf game hasn't been as as uh, good as he expected it to be but is actually um prepared uh, to go and find himself a club and play if he can get that um severance package from madrid preference is to come back to England, to a Premier League club. And I think that's um, why you will see uh, representatives involved in this pitching him to clubs such as Manchester United and Tottenham Hotspur um, to try and get a bite, to try and get one of those um, clubs that have got the financial wherewithal to give him another big contract um, to bring him back to the Premier League and allow him to, to play there. Um, alternatively, there is the option of China, if the money was on an absurd level. Um, interestingly, I'm told he would be ready to do that again if he doesn't have the options in the Premier League and the money is so high, he sees it as a as an opportunity to to further add to his bank account. Um, I was told that uh, the, the the summer move to China was ultimately. Um, rejected by Bale himself, even though his agents have gone a long way down the line to securing that. At that time, he was not prepared to go to China. He might be prepared to take China now, but the, the emphasis I have is only under the right financial circumstances would he be prepared to to do that. So um, I think it's getting closer to an endgame. Uh, obviously, Madrid want rid of him. Obviously, Zidane's not happy with him. Florentino Perez, who had been his great supporter appears to be on board with getting him off the wage bill um getting the problems he causes in the camp getting that that those question marks over his injury uh, the embarrassment of him you know waving banners with madrid in last place um in front of the cameras after a european qualifier game i think you know it's it's very hard to see that being repairable and it You know, Bale's position has been, um, I will sit here and and if if you're not prepared to pay me off, I will sit here and take my huge salary and and carry on um, not playing a lot of football. And in those circumstances, I think even clubs like Real Madrid have to come to a pragmatic decision um, and uh, and try and get that player out and uh, and use the small amount of money they save on, uh, on other areas of the team.
0: I think it's fair to say, Duncan, that Bale's never been a controversial figure. He's not neither courted it nor provoked it. Um, so I think it's significant that he is endorsed. People will say, well, it's just a flag. But in Madrid, symbols are very, very important. And it was very symbolic that he was the one carrying it around um, in the aftermath of that 2-0 win over Hungary, uh, in which, as I said, it was... Wales, Golf, Madrid. I know that you would contend that golf probably isn't in the right place uh, of those <laughs> three particular parts. And indeed, maybe Gareth himself would have tried to you know, change that round. However, it is the case, I should say, that he is now publicly almost taunting the Madridista, who are notoriously, notoriously loyal and will not accept that kind of dissent from a player who... Has been treated very well in their eyes by the club in terms of his salary and the opportunities that he has been given. Remember, he's won three Champions Leagues uh, at Real Madrid, which you know is something which is not to be sniffed at for any British player, um, even uh, Steve McManaman won only two. So you've got to uh, take that into account, I think. And I think this is the breaking point now for both Bale and Madrid, and that uh, I suspect that there was no accident with regards to his parading that flag I think Bale knows the, the end is coming I think he probably knows or hopes there is a solution um, which is being brokered by his representatives with regard to what his next move is because he will not be welcome uh, back in the Spanish capital, that's for sure
1: It looked looked like Bale was trying to provoke the situation. Our old um, friend, Johnny Duck McFarlane, um, sent me that image through last night and uh, I forwarded it on to a few contacts in football. And the response was uh, a mixture of incredible, unbelievable. One person said, this isn't actually a meme, is it? This is real. (laughs) <laughs> they thought it was. They thought it was a it's something that had been generated on social media as a joke, and uh, and were oh, no. in shock when they saw that it was act- it actually really happened. And this is a, you know, a senior contact in Spanish football.
0: Well, I sent it to um, someone I know who works at Real Madrid in, the, in a very responsible capacity, and uh, the reply I got was, "That's not a flag. It's a suicide note." <laughs> So uh, I think that kind of says it all, really. Now, um, we appreciate your um, patience with us today, uh, our loyal listeners, with regards to uh, your questions answered. But as I'm sure you will agree, it has been a quite remarkable and astonishing 24 hours in the history of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club and indeed the career of Jose Mourinho. Hence why we have devoted all of our time today uh, effectively, to the um, outcomes and potential uh, of uh, what's going to be going now for that club, for Mourinho and for Pochettino. Um, it doesn't mean to say that we're going to deprive you, of course, what is the highlight of the week for many, which is the Donkey Award. We will finish off with that, but of course we will have a little bit of a sparse theme to it. Now, I don't expect all of you to remember the person that we're going to um, name in this award. But if you want to, you will find him very easily because it is the former FBI director, Mr. G. Edgar Hoover, who tried for years and years and years to hunt down the famous mafioso Al Capone, eventually getting him for tax evasion on the purchase of stamps. And the reason I'm telling you this is, of course, because this is the Donkey Award for G. Edgar Hoover, I always get my man. Now, it just remains for me to open the golden envelope so that I can tell you who the um, recipients could be in this particular donkey version. There we go, Duncan. The envelope is open. Now, oh, hang on, hang on. This is interesting. We've got some uh, very, uh, uh, let's just say current (laughs) uh, nominees in this one. The first, Duncan, your old friend, Mr. Pep Guardiola, Uh, who, of course, was pursued by Manchester City ever since he left Barcelona, but decided to take that year-out sabbatical that we mentioned earlier in the pod uh, and was entertained uh, both by Chiki Bigharistan and Fran Soriano um, in his Manhattan Bistro with regards to joining City. Turned them down to go to Bayern Munich, where he spent three seasons winning three titles but not the Champions League. But Bigharistan and Soriano finally got their man, and, of course, the rest is history. As you mentioned, Duncan, earlier in the podcast, and perhaps most significant on this particular day, that Daniel Levy tried to appoint Jose Mourinho as manager of Tottenham Hotspur in 2007, after his um, unprecedented success uh, at Chelsea in winning two titles uh, and also the first in Chelsea's uh, history since 1955, failed to do it. And here we are in 2019, 12 years later, finally appoints the special one to Naming Rights Stadium. Although I'm tempted to think, Duncan, that um, Josie may actually buy the Naming Rights and call it Josie Mourinho Stadium. Would that be right? He's <laughs> certainly <laughs> enough cash to do it, that's for sure. Um, and my my own personal favourite, because it it it's kind of, we, we've reversed this one. Um, because England, you know, the FA that has yeah, often failed to get their man. Um, but in this case, we're going to say that Sam Allardyce was the man who always was trying to get the England job. As we know, um, over probably 12 years, he uh, effectively uh, tried to court the FA into appointing him. And when they finally did, uh, unfortunately ended up in um, a one night stand and a pint of wine tobacco. So, uh, Duncan, over to you to present the Edgar J Hoover Award for finally getting your man.
1: I, I'm I'm very tempted by the, the the Sam Allardyce one night stand, which is not a phrase you often hear. Um, well, it might be in Sam Allardyce's case, you <laughs> but um, I, I'm going to leave him leave him aside here. Um, Pep Guardiola also a a long, long seduction process on the part of Abu Dhabi, um, who hired Chiquibiristan and Ferran Soriano and gave them huge contracts with the explicit intention of getting uh, that particular um, movie star from Catalonia into their own club. Um, But I think just the length of time that has gone between Daniel Levy's first attempt to sign up Josie Mourinho and, um, and the love being requited uh, yesterday is such that um, we're going to give this one the J. Edgar Hoover Award and, and probably Daniel Levy's got a bit in common with J. Edgar Hoover and some psychological aspects, so I think he deserves to, to win this one this week.
0: Well, unfortunately, we don't have time to go into that particular psychological analysis that Duncan has just mentioned, although maybe at another point you could ask a question. On your question's answered, that's exactly what Duncan meant by that. And that would be certainly very, very interesting to hear. Now, Duncan did mention to me um, before this podcast that we've had yet another question, uh, which is for me to explain my Twitter handle. Uh, as you know, I don't like releasing personal details, but I have done this once in the past. So I will answer that question. Uh, SG refers to the fact that in previous lives when I was working as a journalist, my um, nickname in Scottish journalism was Garbo uh, obviously related to my surname McGarry but also to Greta you can work that one out for yourself and then when I um, moved to England in 2000 and worked there for more than 10 years in newspapers it was Super Jock so there you go Garbo and Super Jock combined Garbo SJ and you can contact me that if you want to continue this debate because of course we always love that to happen and Duncan Castles, who's much more straightforward. He's just at Duncan Castles, but not as interesting. I think you'd agree. Um, at Transfer Podcast for our, um, uh, the uh, podcast Twitter handle. Uh, so please do get in touch. We love to engage. And, of course, it has been an incredible 24 hours uh, in terms of Tottenham Hotspur and Josie Mourinho. And as you know from listening to this podcast, we have been giving you the news before it becomes news. And we will continue to do that, and you can be sure that we'll be working our socks off to make sure that that is the case. Thousands, millions, indeed, 1.5 million listeners, remember, that we reported, uh, we're now at. Uh, love the podcast. If you do, please go onto to iTunes, give us a five-star review. Let's make it 2 million in the next few weeks and months ahead
1: just to add that was Samil Dave who was asking about uh, Ian's Greta Garbo Twitter handle and uh, we now have um, accounts on Instagram and Facebook um, so you can search for them and follow us there uh, both of them Transfer Podcast is the, is the handle for them
0: it's not all over for us because of course Wednesday was your questions answered as well as the Pochettino Mourinho Spurs special We will see you through the transfer window again on Friday. Until then, thanks for listening.